This is The Dirty on 30, a podcast that spills the tea on everything 30s. Join your hosts, Melissa and Anna, as they dish on life, relationships, and whatever else they can think of. Hello and welcome to the next episode of The Dirty on 30. My name is Melissa. And I'm Anna. And this week, in honor of it being Tuesday, May 4th, May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. We are going to talk about Star Wars geekiness and things we like in general. Yes, overall nerdiness. So starting off with Star Wars, because it is May 4th, everybody should love Star Wars to some certain extent. I mean, the original movies were so well done, and the whole franchise has just blown up so big. Yes. That it's that it's really quite a thing. So my first question for Anna is, can she even remember when she first mm. saw Star Wars? Because it came out before we were even born. It did come out before we were born, but I probably was like in high school when I first saw it. Did your family like Star Wars? Did no. You, right. So no, I think I just saw it because of my friends. I mean, everybody should see it at some point, so I'm glad yeah. that you did. But... I first saw Star Wars when I was a little kid. Like, my yeah. family was into Star Wars. They were into sci-fi in general. And I was probably four or five years old when I first saw Star Wars. And it turned into this big story that my parents like to tell on occasion when we talk about it. Because I was like, you know, four or five. I didn't even really know how movies worked, so to say, speak, <laughs> at the, that point in time. And I was really into Luke Skywalker, and I was really into the storyline, and we were following along, and it was all good. And then they get to that scene where Luke Skywalker gets his hand cut off. (laughs) And my mom says that I was hysterical, like distraught, crying, sobbing. Oh my gosh, is Luke going to be okay? He got his hand cut off. And I mean, you know, for a little kid, that's like probably the most violent thing I'd ever seen in a movie at the time. (laughs) Even though there's, I mean, there's no blood, there's no gore. It's not like it's particularly scary even, but they said they had to stop the whole movie. They had to pause it, explain that Luke is an actor. He didn't actually lose his hand. He was going to be okay. (laughs) We could keep watching it, things like that. So when I think about Star Wars, like I've always known what Star Wars was because I watched it so young that that I don't know if I can ever remember a time where I didn't know what Star Wars was. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, which is a sign of a really good franchise. Yeah. That's true. I guess I just never got into it because I was never into like the whole sci-fi aspect of it. Right. But I mean, I do like know the characters and I know a little bit and stuff, but I'm definitely not full on into it where I could name stuff well because of star wars and you know the indiana jones franchise my first celebrity crush was probably (laughs) harrison ford han solo indiana jones like i watched everything that he was in really really thought he was you know a very attractive man i still do think he's a very attractive man yeah he's not (laughs) not bad not bad looking yes 
But unlike Anna, I really do enjoy like space sci-fi themes in general, both in literature and film. I mean, I know that when we talked about favorite books, I mentioned the Martha Wells series about Murderbot. That's very sci-fi. I mentioned the Dragon Riders of Pern, which brings in a lot of fantasy, but is also still technically sci-fi. Like sci-fi has always been one of my biggest uh, favorite genres. Yeah. So as far as geekiness goes, and because we're starting with Star Wars and May the 4th, I do want to talk a little bit about my favorite sci-fi universes in film. My absolute favorite, as short-lived as it was, is probably Firefly. Firefly was a one-season TV show, like 11 episodes, and I should definitely make Anna watch an episode (laughs) or three tonight. We definitely are watching that tonight. Maybe if I give her uh, enough beer. Yes. Play, play along. <laughs> yes. Give me beer. Give me um, alcohol. But and I I'm down for anything. Do you love Firefly? I like the way they did it. I like that in that particular future, a lot of the characters speak Chinese because they went with the idea that if all the languages merged in the future, like English and Chinese would be the two dominant languages. Interesting. Um, I like the general premise. I liked the characters. The cast were great. I mean, it's just a great show, and I'm definitely one of those Firefly fans who says that someday they should do a reboot because 11 episodes was not enough. But in general, science fiction is one of my favorite types of genres. I like uh, Battlestar Galactica is another good uh, TV show series, Stargate Atlantis, I have seen a lot of Star Trek in various forms, movies and TV show, but I never really watched any of that like in order, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm not, don't really know enough about Star Trek to say that I'm a huge Star Trek fan. But in general, I think that geekiness personally is not always just like the stereotypical kind of geeky franchises like Star Wars, I feel Mm -hmm. like you have to branch out a little bit when you're talking about geekiness. So there's this college humor video (laughs) that I really like um, that's called Are You Nerdy Enough? And I think everybody should watch it. But basically, it's partially about nerdiness, but it's also partially about like sexism when it comes to nerdiness. And it's the idea of it gives like this panel of guys who are basically hearing people's Hearing people say what makes them geeky and then voting whether or not they're geeky enough to, like, be a geek. Yeah. So it starts out with a girl who's pointing out every single inaccuracy in the Sex and the City franchise. (laughs) She's going through, like, every little thing that ever went wrong when they made it. And to me, something like that is very geeky, very nerdy. Like, if you're going through and you've watched something so many times that you can point out, like, historical inaccuracies or glitches or everybody in Game of Thrones who were like, did you see that Starbucks coffee cup in that scene? It's like, who the hell was looking over there in that scene? (laughs) Like, do you guys go through and watch this in slow motion? Probably. Probably. So I think that no matter what you're really into... Uh, That counts as being geeky. So I'm pretty traditionally geeky. I like my sci-fi. I'm really into Harry Potter. I read a lot of manga. But I know Anna here is not as traditionally geeky. (laughs) I don't even know, like, if I fall into anything. But, you know, we'll see. We'll figure it out together. (laughs) Yeah. So today we're going to talk, like we said, a little bit about what makes us geeky. So probably my biggest 
nerdy franchise would be Harry Potter. But at this point, I'm basically a Harry Potter purist because I like like the original seven books and I don't want anything to do with Fantastic <laughs> Beasts and got it and where they're found those movies yeah like uh, that spinoff I don't I don't need that spinoff in my life I'm fine with I'm fine with the original Harry Potters I'll be one of those old fans someday that are like it doesn't count if it wasn't in the original seven books you know what I mean (laughs) I always have considered myself a really big Disneyland geek like not really like all things Disney in general but actually in going to Disneyland and enjoying it there and being able to spend time just hanging out or people watching or going through the park without even necessarily needing to do anything. I really, really miss um, having an annual pass so bad. Yeah, me too. And I got really sad seeing all the posts of like the first day that, you know, that they opened up the park again this past Friday. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I really wish I wasn't at work and I was at Disneyland. And I'm so happy for everyone that got to go. And all the posts of like everyone crying because they stepped into the gates for the first time and everything. And it was. And I have yeah. friends that have tickets for it upcoming and I didn't go buy tickets like, you know, yeah. the day they opened it. And who knows when the next time I'll get to go back to Disneyland is, but. I definitely consider myself a big Disneyland geek. Okay, so if we're talking about Disneyland, then yes, I would consider myself a little bit of a a Disney geek. Or is it nerd? What's the difference between geek and nerd? Are they used interchangeably? No. (laughs) But it's a subtle nuance. I don't know if I could could describe the the difference between the two. Yeah. Because I would have said, like, I'm, I'm a Disney nerd, but... You would say you're a Disney geek, but I'm using those (laughs) words interchangeably. But I know that there's a huge difference between the two. I just don't know the difference. There definitely is a big difference between the two. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is. I feel more comfortable being called a nerd than being called a geek. (laughs) I'm absolutely the opposite. I I would much rather be called a geek than called a nerd. (laughs) I don't know. I have an, a slight obsession towards Titanic. Does that count? That absolutely counts. Yes. I don't even think I've ever watched the Titanic all the way through. Oh my gosh. I've watched it so many times when I was younger that I could recite the entire movie, even though half the time I didn't know what, like sometimes what was going on, but like I could just recite it. I just knew well, the words. What year did that movie come out? Like 1998? 97. 97. Right. So yeah. it was PG-13 and my parents wouldn't let me watch it. Yeah, my oldest sister took me to go see it, and I fell in love. She bought me the VHSs. I have the collector's DVD edition. I don't have it on. Um, I have it on my iPhone. When I was younger, I used to buy all the Titanic like kids books that I can find. I watched like all the Titanic documentaries that I could find. I didn't even know there were books. Yeah, there was like kid books, you know, like right, right, and stuff like different things. And, uh, like, the story of Titanic, and then right. um, there was, like, um, different little... I mean, I would try to find everything about it. I, Not to say that I don't, like, don't quiz me on stuff, but I do enjoy... Reading about a, it. A reading about it and watching documentaries. I just saw one on, uh, I don't know if it was on... One of the many <laughs> streaming services, they have uh, a documentary on the Titanic that I just saw and stuff and you know every time when it came back on on the 100th anniversary of the sinking i went to go see it on theaters they played it again so i think that's as far as my 
So did yeah. you see the Saturday Night Live sketch with the uh, sassy gay iceberg? And no. His, and his point that. of view? I need to see that. They had Bowen Yang, who's like the the Asian cast member guy on Saturday Night Live right now. Uh-huh. He dressed up as the iceberg. <laughs> oh, God. And he was like the sassy gay iceberg, and he was telling his side of the story. Yeah. And he's like, why does everybody blame me? They crashed into me. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. You know, actually, the the, the um, most recent documentary I was watching was talking about how there was a fire already happening right before it took off, and it, they didn't like. But most ships have serious fire containment yeah. strategies. Well, they were saying that there's like this um, indentation or like this this darker spot on the side of the ship that you can tell that was probably the from the likelihood of the the burning of the fire and um and you can see it and then they think that because of that it wasn't as um as thick anymore and as sturdy and that's what caused because that's that that's the exact location where it hit the iceberg conveniently (laughs) right so it compounded the problem they already maybe had some structural damage damage and then it happened to hit at that exact spot and that's what caused so they think that there's this there's this new theory well newer theory that that's the cause so that was pretty cool things like that like i read all about that and you know watch things when it comes to history my geekiness definitely is like world war ii holocaust interest Mm -hmm. like i can watch read you know, do anything, go to museums, anything related to World War II and the Holocaust, I am so yeah. into. I find it always fascinating. I feel that it's something that people should definitely remember. Yeah. Um, the Holocaust is something for sure I'm interested in. I When I was in um, Amsterdam, I went to the Anne Frank Museum, and that was as, as emotional as you can get in terms of actually being there and being part of history. That was crazy. Right, so I was flirting with this guy on one of the dating apps. His name was Daryl last year. <laughs> and he's like a super history buff. Like he's the kind of guy who, who dresses up like Victorian age and goes to festivals kind of guy. Interesting. And does okay. like Confederate war reenactments. So I was like, okay, if we're talking about history nerdiness, I was like, I'm really into the Holocaust. And he was like, that's depressing. And I was like, <laughs> are you really judging me right now? Yeah. Like, can't I just be into the part of history that I'm into? Yeah. I mean, it's just... Right. You can't judge. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's anyway. so much history that somebody's going to be into something. Yes. You know? I don't like him already. We stopped talking to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a, I don't know. it was at a time when COVID was really, really on the upswing. So we weren't really interested in meeting each other. So after like three, four weeks of virtual talking, we just kind of got mutually bored. Got it. Yeah. And he wasn't into the Holocaust. <laughs> well but to be fair i'm also not into confederate war reenactment so i want to go to the museum of tolerance we should go to the museum of tolerance i've never been we should go to the museum of tolerance i have been there and it is lovely i know i keep hearing like wonderful things about it i mean it's really sad and stuff but i heard it's like a really good museum to go to someday we should also go to like a renaissance fair or a reenactment Ooh, thing yes. together i've always wanted to dress up at a ren fair that would be cool be a princess that would be ideal yeah that would be fun let's do it Absolute. sounds like an excuse to drink too <laughs> everything's an excuse to drink right 
let's talk about drinking and geekiness. Like <laughs> craft beer is legitimately one of my nerdiest. Uh, oh yeah. Nerdiest features. Like I can talk about so many different types of beer, the differences, the nuance, the tastes, the oh subtastes, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether the brewery I've heard of them, whether I've been to them, you know, thing, you know, I'm, I'm a really geeky craft beer drinker. Every time I, we talk about this. I think of that app that used to have tapped or something. Yeah, untapped. Untapped. Yes, that one. <laughs> but all of those geeky beer friends that I used to share my beer reviews with on untapped, they all moved away. So I did ditch that app eventually. Yeah, but, but I just remember because you'd have a drink and then you'd have a beer and then you'd go on your app to like to rate, rate it. it and say whether or not I ever wanted to have it again. Yeah. It was such a good app. <laughs> I mean, you could still use it for your own, like, purposes. I usually only used it for my own purposes because I would go back to a place and be like, what the hell did I have last time I was here and did I like it? Yeah. And then I'd look it up and I'd be like, eh, I gave it two and a half stars, not getting that beer again. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely did use Untapped. So craft beer and and, you know, the Holocaust, I guess those are my... <laughs> my geeky yeah side traits and your Disneyland the titanic, titanic. yeah <laughs> i mean gotta embrace what we like gotta embrace what we like i i am yes i was obsessed with titanic obsessed moving on to our guilty pleasure segment we are going to talk about our guilty pleasure of the week and i'll start first um i've got into a show called Cruel Summer. It just started. It's on episode three. And it's kind of, uh, it's like a mystery show. Uh, you got to kind of figure out whose side you're on. There's the girl that got kidnapped. And then there's the girl that she's blaming for something. But I don't want to give too many spoilers. But so it's kind of like, did she do it? Did she not do it type thing? But it's very confusing. So each episode is set up as three days in three separate years but it's the same date so like june 24th of 93 94 and 95 and it bounces back between these three dates back and forth and it can get kind of confusing even though like the main characters like they change up their style a little bit every year so that it's not as confusing but when it's the scene of the like the secondary characters those kind of look the same to me and sometimes i forget what year i'm in so it kind of like that's a little bit confusing, but it's still an overall good show. I really like it. I'm kind of stuck on whether she did have something to do with it or she didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, but you should be stuck on it. They don't want you to know for sure episode three. The whole yeah. point of the show is the drama, the well, suspense, the did yes. it. But I'm trying is she to being like, gaslit or is she, yeah. did she actually do it? Yeah, so it's it's a good show. It's it's kind of confusing to follow along. You have to really pay attention because, like I said, you'll get lost in what year you're in. So you can't just, like, half pay attention? Yeah, you can't watch. really half pay attention, half watch, because it, it bounces around too much. And, like, the scenes kind of transition so that it's kind of, like, she turned into her, you know, she was turning in bed and then... She turned, and then it was the next year already, kind of type thing. Right, so the like the screenshots. Yes, of like they'll step through a doorway, mm -hmm. and then they're in the it's different the time. Next. It's exactly so Flashback. you kind of have to really pay attention. And and uh, like Jesse didn't really like it. Uh, he was all like, "I can't really follow along." Um, Do you think it's something that 
it's going to get easier to follow along the more I, episodes you watch? I though? think so. I think it will. I think it will definitely get easier because you kind of get used to, you know, the characters and now and what they're talking about, what in it in reference to the year that we're in kind of type thing. Right. So I definitely think it'll get easier. And as more of the storyline progresses and more character development and we get more background stories on the characters, like we just got introduced to characters and stuff. So we don't know. Right. Um, the first episode was on Jeanette's point of view. And then the second episode was on Kate's point of view. And then so we kind of got to know each of their backstories on the first two episodes. And then the third episode is already kind of mixed between the two and kind of like that. So that's that's kind of like what I've been watching. I watched all three episodes this week because it came out last week, two episodes and then one episode this week, I think, or something like that. So I've been I watched that and then Handmaid's Tale came back. So I was watching the first two episodes of season four we watched already. And that's obviously a big like thing. Everyone likes Handmaid's Tale, the premise and everything. So y'all know. I did like the book. I can't say that I've actually watched a full episode of the show. Yeah. Well, we, we started watching it. It's one of the shows that I binged during COVID when I had COVID last summer right um so it was just kind of the thing where we watched it all because we had nothing else to do so we were catching up on all these um like shows that people were um you know obsessed about so we were like okay let's try it so we watched it and now finally we're like shoot now we have to wait till next year for it to come out so now that it's back we're we started watching it again well it's so. not that it's anything new or back or anything like that but i have spent the week binge watching probably the first three seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah. I, that's what I decided to get back into this week. Nice. So I, Because when I work from a home, that's just such a show that's so like lighthearted, comedic. Yeah. That I just leave it on in the background while I'm working mm-hmm. from the couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just like runs all day long. And, and you, you don't have to like fully pay attention. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Unlike yes. your cruel summer where you really have to keep a yes. track. In Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the characters are all distinct enough that you don't even have to look at all. You can tell which yes. you can tell which person's talking. <laughs> so that's what I've been watching all week. Yeah. Um, like, really, so funny. Oh, I've been watching a lot of I Love Lucy again, and I think that's another thing that I'm nerdy about that I forgot to mention earlier in the earlier segment. I Love Lucy. Love it. And now I'm, I'm, we're watching it, you know, in order and we got to the season where, um, they're living in, in Hollywood. Right. Yeah. So that, that's where we're at right now. I I love Lucy is one of those shows where I definitely used to watch reruns of it when I was a kid. Yeah. But because they were random evening reruns, I never watched it in order. It would be bizarre to go back and watch it in order and see like how the storyline actually progresses. Yes. So I've been watching that um, recently. We also started watching it when we were in COVID, and I would watch it every day. And I'm back in. I'm back into it. So, but I mean, I have been reading my doula books recently, so I'm trying not to watch as much TV. But it's it's been hard because I love I love TV. <laughs> it's been I, a hard week. I'm definitely the kind of person though that will read a book while having tv on in the background i can't because it's like if i've never like you have to pick the right show yeah so it's like criminal minds or something that like you know you said brooklyn Nine Nine or 
Yes. Um, I like something like that, then yes, because I don't have to necessarily look up. I can right. Kinda you can just kind of half listen. Yeah, exactly. But when it's something like I've never seen before or I'm actually like really into it, I can't. Like I was watching um, the show on Netflix called Family Reunion. It's really cute. It's And I think I thought that I could play it in the background while I was reading. No, I couldn't because... It was, I have never really seen it. So I wanted to, you know, kind of get into it a little bit. So I was like, okay, this is not working out. So I had to turn it off and actually read (laughs) instead of like trying to multitask, which I can't always do, but you know, sometimes it works out. So the question is, what is your guys' guilty pleasure of the week? What have you guys been getting into lately? We're always looking for something new. Yes. We were going to have a... Cinco de Mayo party this past weekend is our guilty pleasure, but that ended up getting postponed. So maybe we'll talk about that on next week's episode. Yes. Yeah, we will. We definitely will. Right? (laughs) And we're going to continue our episode on geekiness in general with our Born in the 90s segment. Yep. So we're going to flash back to what did we used to be really into when we were children. And I guess I will start... There were definitely a lot of different types of toys that are very traditionally 90s, early 2000s that I played with and loved. Um, Originally, though, as as a little girl, I was super into Barbies. I had several underbed sliding boxes Mm, of Barbies and all of their outfits and accessories and clothes. I had the Barbie VW Bug. I had the Barbie... Barbie, like camping motorhome. Yeah. I had so many Barbies, so many accessories. Yeah. Um, I See, was very girly, girly girl. I was more into like baby dolls. So I did like Barbies, and but I wasn't like really obsessed with them where I had, I wanted everything. But when it came to like the baby dolls and like the baby accessories, you know, like the crib, the baby crib and the uh-huh. baby stroller, like that's what I wanted. And that's what... I always asked for like baby clothes. Like I had this very real looking baby that um, I would buy clothes for or like I would have hand-me-downs because it was the size of a real baby. Right. And it looked just like a baby. Like it was so real. And um, I would dress it up and I would, you know, put like hand-me-down clothes from because, you know, I was like. Um, I'm the youngest, so I had hand-me-downs from, like, nephews and stuff like right. that. So I had, like, people that just gave me their clothes and stuff. But I was all into that. Like, that's that's what I had. But. I had two baby dolls, but I don't remember ever really being, like, they were never my favorite yeah. toy, no. No, that's that was mine. Um, I was definitely Barbie. I had several Polly Pockets. Mm. I thought those were super cool. Yeah, those were cool. Um, I had lots of, I never really was a big like Beanie Baby collector, like the formal Beanie Babies, but I was always, um, when we went camping and we went on vacations places, I would always get like a local animal, stuffed animal Mm -hmm. to bring home. So like, you know, I've got a caribou stuffed animal from Alaska and I've got a, a moose stuffed animal from Canada like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my moose from Canada was my favorite stuffed animal. She still is. <laughs> like no no lie here. <laughs> um, but she, her name was Kootenai, named after Kootenai Lake in Canada. Oh okay. But getting older, of course, 
I really, really liked like went through one of those Tamagotchi phases. Oh, like the yeah. Gigapets and the Tamagotchis uh-huh. and the various brands of like the little computer keychain. Yes. Pet that would hang off of your backpack and would starve to death. <laughs> I would st- because exactly. I would never feed it. And I would forget. To, yes. yes. <laughs> Tamagotchis. I mean, can you really talk about what you were into in the 90s if you don't talk about Tamagotchis? Right? Oh, my gosh. I and, don't know. Yeah. What else? Like, and eventually, I started getting into Pokemon. I can't yeah. say that I was super early on the board for that. We did have a Game Boy Color, my brother and I, one that we shared. And we had Pokemon Crystal on it. We were not, we were, we were too late for red or blue. Uh, my, my brother <laughs> did have yellow, but he wouldn't share that one with me, of course. So the first yeah. Pokemon game I had was Pokemon Crystal. See, I never had a Game Boy or any like handheld device. So I never really played those. I would just play from like borrowing it from my friends and stuff. Right. But, and those are always single to, player games. So yeah. your friends don't want you to overwrite their exactly. save profile. Exactly. That's so. why I could never play my brother's yellow. Yeah. Because he was like, no, that's my save profile. <laughs> well, I never did the Pokemon cards either. I owned some Pokemon cards. Like, probably at the peak of my collection, I owned, you know, a whopping 25. Yeah, that's probably a, what I had to, but I have no idea. Yeah, but I was never super into it. And no. I possibly still even have them somewhere in, like, a nostalgia box in my closet. Yeah. But I don't know if I have, you know, famous or expensive ones. They're probably yeah, just pro- all yeah, basic no. of basic. <laughs> and I only really, I loved Pokemon a lot. But once they started adding so many more Pokemon, I lost interest. Like the original 52 or something. Like that's what I liked. Well, I went from Pokemon Crystal on the Game Boy Color to then I had like the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. which was like the fire red leaf green and then I had the Nintendo DS, which was another, like, was that the black and white Pokemon? I had several Pokemon games continuing yeah. forward. But, yeah, I wouldn't say that I was ever super, super Pokemon geeky. I always enjoyed playing it. Yeah. At the various levels. How old were we when that was going on? Like, early middle school, late, late elementary, right? I'd say I had the Nintendo DS probably by high school. By high school. Well, in high school, if we're going to talk about stuff that we were obsessed and stuff, let's talk about how me as a Mexican, I was obsessed with Rebelde. Do you even know what that is? Nope. Yeah. So it was this, uh, it was this like telenovela that came on uh, like at three. So you'd rush home to watch it. I have all three seasons on DVD and um, it was one of those telenovelas that actually had seasons because it was so popular. Right. And it was based on this like these kids that were in this private school in Mexico and they formed a musical group and that group got so popular in the show that it became a real group, um, RBD. And then um, they actually was like, it was a huge thing. I mean, huge, huge following where they had like tours and everything. I mean, it just blew up like crazy. Like I was obsessed I had a phone, like one of my original phones was a T-Mobile flip phone and it had radio capabilities and I was one time in, in, in class, in my world history class, I remember, um, secretly had my headphone in my ear trying to listen to when they were giving away free tickets so that when they were going to give the free tickets away, I could run to the bathroom and say I needed to go to the bathroom so I could call 
I, I never won tickets and I never went to go see them, which was horrible that I never went, but I was obsessed with that show. Never even heard of it. No. <laughs> it's, they, I mean, and then they had like, it was such a big thing that they had these Mexican lollipops with like stickers. They're called rocoletas or something like that. And I would just buy them because I didn't really like them, but I would just buy them just for like the stickers. Just for the stickers. And then I would buy like the binders. They had, I mean, they had so much stuff. I still have one of my favorite blankets that I have is one that my mom bought me when I was like 16. And I still have it because it's one of the warmest blankets and like softest blankets I have. But I just, I can't get rid of it yet. And it's like the the liner of it is like falling apart on one corner. But I still, I love that blanket so much. So that's like my, one of my, like anybody that listens to me that knows me will like be like, yep, she was definitely obsessed with Rebelde, like my cousins and stuff. Yeah, they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. I'll show you. I'll show you later. <laughs> So what was your favorite obsession as a kid? Let us know. We always like to hear things. Yes. And this ends our episode on geekiness. We will see you next week. See you next week, guys. If you're enjoying our podcast, please like and subscribe. We release a new episode every Tuesday. For bonus features, videos, extra content, and to keep us ad-free, please support us on Patreon. For throwback photos and a sneak peek behind the scenes, follow us on Instagram at thedirtyon30. And if you have any recommendations for our Guilty Pleasures or Born in the 90s segments, shoot us an email at thedirtyon30 at gmail.com. Stay safe. We'll We'll see see you next week. week.